we turn to Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, and here's what Paul writes. When I came to you, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish, but we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. In a world that confuses us, O oh Lord, in a world that challenges us, a world that troubles us, a world that we often question, we come into this place. seeking the presence of your Holy Spirit. Comfort us, mold us, shape us, teach us, guide us, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> been all week thinking about what to say to you today. Didn't quite know what to say. You ever have that happen? With executive orders hitting the streets faster than you can blink and more commentary on what it all means that you can read in a lifetime. It's hard to know what to say, what, what more is there to add? It's all out there somewhere. Don't know what to say. Part of the problem is we live in an information society, and this is new to us. We, we don't 
quite know what all that means yet. We don't know what living in an information society looks like quite yet. It's still in its infancy. We haven't, we haven't learned how to do that with one another yet. We're still learning. We're still growing <clears throat> into what all that, that is. What we do know is that we have more information than we could ever dream up right at our fingertips. We know that we can pretty much make information say what we want it to say or what we think it needs to say. And because of that, we know that we're not sure if something someone else says is really right or not. Is it real news? Is it fake news? What is it? We don't know. Can we trust it? I don't know. It says it right here. What does that mean? I don't know. Where did it come from? Who knows? It went through five layers of change and all, and we don't know. We can't. We don't. Makes it, makes it hard to know what to say. Living in an information society. I know how I feel. I don't like it. Don't like it. There is tension and, and division in our world and I don't like it. I don't like it when I see unfairness and let me tell you, I see unfairness on all fronts. No exceptions. I don't like it when every single statement made by every single person is questioned and scrutinized and argued and critiqued every single time. It shows how little we trust one another and I don't like it. Makes it hard to know what to say. I know what I see. I see fear everywhere. See fear in our political parties. I see fear in our government. I see fear in our allies. I see fear in our enemies. I see fear in you. I feel afraid sometimes and it makes it hard to know what to say, doesn't it? Paul didn't always know what to say. He'd be the first to admit that. I take some comfort in that. Didn't always know what to say. Our reading today, it feels like one of those places that Paul wasn't quite sure as to what to say, didn't quite know what to say. He says, I come to you not with lofty words of wisdom and knowledge. I don't know what to say and that I don't come to you with, I come weak and vulnerable and afraid. Don't quite know what to say. He was writing to the church in Corinth. And this particular congregation was going through schism. They were at each other. Now that's not us, but that's what Paul was dealing with in that church. 
the world was tense, and they were tense right along with everybody else. Paul talks about it in chapter 1. He, he talks about their division. He says to them, I hear you've been quarreling. I hear that you've started to say things like, I follow Paul, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Apollos. Apollos. He's talking about how different people have come into the life of the church and have, have taught kind of a different viewpoint. And, and each in the group, the congregation had had started to form groups around each person that had come in. They had started, after that, they, they got to a point where they were only taking knowledge and information for their side. And they began using that knowledge as a weapon. They were arguing more and trusting less, and Paul didn't like it. So, in order to talk to them, get their attention, he says, I come to you not with lofty words or wisdom or knowledge. I, I come only with Christ. I come not with some newfound discovery of information that you can wield over someone else. I come instead with a person. I come with Christ and Him crucified. I find it interesting, if you read 1 Corinthians, you might find this interesting, you might discover this as well, that, that Paul actually doesn't go right into the middle of the argument and start parsing their information apart and saying, well, this is right, you've got that right, but you need to change that, and y'all are not right, you're not right, you're wrong, you're half right, you're wrong, you're right, this is right, let's get this straight and get with the program and all. He ceases to, he, he doesn't do that, he stays away from it, instead he backs off. He backs off of it and says, I, I come only with Christ. I decided to know nothing among you except Christ. As Professor Mark Actemeyer puts it, points out, he says, it's telling that Paul does not go to each group and tell them which one is right or wrong, but instead trusts in the almighty power of God that undergirds the faith of all in the church regardless of what faction they represent. I know nothing. Paul says, nothing. Now, when they first heard that, read it, I know their initial response had to be that Paul was out of his mind. You have lost it. You're out of your mind. What are you talking? Do you even know what you're saying? You don't even know what you're saying. Knowledge is everything, Paul. Don't you know that? I mean, if you don't have the right knowledge, if you don't get your information in the right place, then how do you know the truth? How will you know if you're right? You're out of your mind. It's what we say when we hear something that seems utterly ridiculous. And I know that if they'd walked right up to him, if they'd gotten the chance to walk right up to Paul and say to him, are you out of your mind? You know what he would have said? He'd have said, yes. Yes, I am. And you should be too. 
Now, the reason he would say that, I think, is because there are two kinds of crazy. First kind of crazy is when you get naked and run out in the snow and howl at the moon. That's worth the price of admission right there. Is that kind of crazy? I've never done that. <laughs> Help me if I do. But then there's the spiritual kind of crazy. The, the kind of crazy, the kind of out of your mind that, that Paul models The one where we seek not our own mind, but the mind of Christ. The one where we seek not our own will, but the will of God. The one where we practice together, seeking not only our own desires, but the desire of the one who showers grace upon grace upon us and through us. Kind of crazy where we seek not more information to lord over someone else's opinion, but instead seek a different way of being in the world. That kind of out of your mind, nutty. So I come to you today not with lofty words or wisdom or some new knowledge that will destroy your position on some political issue. I come instead with Christ and Him crucified. I come offering a different way of being in the world. This is not an I'm right and you're wrong thing. This is, a, this is an I'm right here thing. This is an I'm with you thing. This is a you need someone beside you and we're there thing. That's what this is. Gateway of grace. The group we work with and partner with that helps refugee and immigrant families that have made it into Dallas after going through all the stuff they go through to get into our country. Gateway has invited us to be part of a prayer vigil tomorrow night at 6.30 at another church that works within the Church of the Incarnation down on Mockingbird and Central, 6.30 tomorrow night if you feel led and are able to go. We'll be there. I want to. I want to get it why. That's this is not a political thing. It's an I'm with you thing, and I want to get it why. Samira Page, the director of Gateway, wrote a long, kind of, piece on her Facebook this week, and I want to read a couple of sentences from it. She writes this. Try to imagine that the government from your home country wants to harm you 
and not just you, but your family. Maybe even take your life. So, you desperately seek refuge in another country, only to be turned away. With effectively no citizenship in any country, no place to legally live, what are your options? That is the situation for thousands of refugees at this very moment. They are scared. And so, we will be with them. We will be with them to wrap God's arms around them. I want you to know something. When someone is afraid, my hope and prayer is that one of God's people will be right there with them to wrap them up in the love and mercy that God has offered us. We go where the fear is. But with these families, is not the only place we need to be. We also need to wrap our arms around our elected officials. They, too, are scared. It is so clear. Fear is a hot commodity these days. We need to wrap our arms around them. Be with them. We go... Where the fear is, we pour ourselves out for others because God in Jesus Christ pours himself out for us. And so we go. We go where there's fear. And when we are afraid, when we feel that same fear in our own hearts, you know where we go? We come here. We come here into this place. We come here and gather around this table. We, we huddle up together as Christ our Lord wraps his arms around us and reminds us that first and foremost, we are children of God and there is absolutely nothing to be afraid of ever. This is where we go. So we don't always know what to say. Don't always have the right thing to say. But if we learn nothing else from this second chapter in Corinthians of Paul's letter, it's that following Jesus Christ isn't ultimately, ultimately about having the right thing to say or having the right piece of knowledge all ordered together in the perfect fashion so that we can lord it other people, over other people, but instead it's about following the one who teaches us a different way of being in the world. We go where fear is because if there is a war raging at all, God is waging a war against the evils of fear in our world. And so we go. We pour ourselves out because that's who God is with us. We do it because we are quite literally out of our minds. We do it because we have the mind of Christ. Amen.